Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Interesting. I like it. I didn't see this part. And Jay Newcastle. Well, she is a California blonde, and so some things don't change. (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, Above the Vampire Slayer Retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 6, Episode 19, Seeing Red, written by Stephen S. Denight. The trio move full swing in their biggest plan ever, stealing a pair of mystical orbs, which gives the bear super strength and invulnerability, of course. And they attempt to rob an armored van, <laughs> because that's what you do when you have super strength and invulnerability. But Buffy crashes the party, resulting in a battle between her and Super Warren. Buffy's actually losing the fight until Jonathan reveals the secret to Warren's power, crush the orbs. So Buffy does does and defeats him easily, but he escapes using a rocket pack straight out of Thunderball, James Bond, and Jonathan and Andrew are ultimately arrested. Spike confronts Buffy about their off relationship and attempts to force himself upon her to show how much he loves her and how much she loves him. Of course, Buffy stops him and orders him out of the house and out of her life. After that, Spike decides he's going to head to Africa, where all the answers are to help get the chip out of his head. Xander and Buffy finally make amends over the whole Spike tryst in her backyard, while Willow and Tara are upstairs enjoying a rekindled romance. Warren, mad and angry and apparently incredibly stupid, pulls a gun out on Buffy and starts shooting. He actually hits the Slayer in the chest, and a stray bullet catches Tara in the back. She collapses to the floor in front of Willow, dead. And that is the plot summary for Seeing Red. And I'm going to say it right now, Brian, out of the get-go, if it weren't for the last 45 seconds of this episode, I would be all for pitchforks and burning down the town. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not feeling that way like you, but that's okay. Um, we lose one of our favorite characters of all time on this show. Oh. And it's so heartbreaking. And in, and I mean, and in classic, I don't want to say classic Tara fashion, but she goes out the way Tara just sort of unassumingly was. Like, boom, she gets shot and she looks and sees all the blood on Willow's shirt. It's like, your shirt. And then, boom, that's it. And it was like, mm-hmm. wow. That was, and I, I do remember when I was watching this episode, the, the, I remember the emotions I had the first time watching it. I literally like jumped off my couch. I was like, what? Like, I did not see that coming. And I should have. That's the thing. Six seasons of this, I should have known. No one's allowed to be happy in a relationship. Ever. I should have yeah. known. But I thought they were going to buck the trend on this because they were being avant-garde anyway with the willow Terror relationship. I thought maybe they were they were giving us the false uh, you know, delay that they'd broken them up and then got them back together now. And everybody else's love life is in, in the crapper. But these guys are going to make it. And no, you know, the Glock 9 had other things to say, so... It did, and and also leaving you with the wonder of how if Buffy's going to make it too. She's shot as well. Yeah, we've never thought about that or even seen it. Buffy's been you know stabbed and staked, and of course broken and beaten all over the place. But and we've seen her drowned even and killed by mystical energy. But what about what if a Slayer gets shot? You know, well, what, especially right yeah. where she is, she's shot in the heart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she. Sh- I mean, she gets shot. At, you know, she throws Xander to the ground. I should say both of them get shot in the back. Basically, she goes right through her back, through her heart. So I mean, she's dead, as as it were. And it's, 
I don't know. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, Brian, Menace to Society. It was kind of the lesser known of the, you know, Boys in the Hood kind of films that came out. But the, the, and spoiler alert, but the whole premise of it is this guy essentially reflecting on his life after he's been shot in the drive-by. And you learn that at the end, that the whole the point of the film was he was wondering, you know, people would ask him all the time, do you want to live or die? And he said, I don't know. And at the end, he says, well, now I know and I don't want to and it's too late. And that look on his face is the same one that Buffy has here while Xander's trying to attend to her right there at the very end. It's this, this, that's been Buffy's whole struggle this season is, do I still want to be here? Do I really want to be here? And I mean, she's even had that argument with Xander recently and we've gone back and forth on that with her. And now, you know, she gave up her life willingly the first time. Now that it may be taken from her, you can tell that she doesn't want to die. Just that look on her face. And it's, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting twist, and it's a neat way to kind of bring that story full circle because we are in the last, you know, four episodes of the season, and they do have to, you know, get get to the point. It's uh, you know eventually here, and uh, this is a heck of a way to try to get to it. Well, yeah, and they have to really bring Buffy back around, right? She's been struggling with the fact: does she want to be there? Does she not want to be there? Does she is she happy she's alive again, or is she depressed she's alive again? We haven't really resolved that, so this is maybe the first step in her deciding which direction she wants to go. And it looks like she's happy to be back and now right. afraid to be leaving again. Right. And if she's got things to live for again, it yeah. looks like, and now it's gone. But you know, that, we're talking about the last 45 seconds of the episode. Like I said, right, right. we got to get back into the beginning of this thing, how everything starts going down. You know, it, well, we start out here with, with Willow and Tara really rekindling their relationship um, from the get go, you know, with a little boom, boom in the bedroom. Uh, as well as some you know, pillow talk, I guess you could say. I mean, it's it, they're right back to where they were before, and I and, and I think that's you know that was the end of the last episode. Is Tara said, "Can we just skip all of the awkward reconciliation and just go back to you kissing me and all that stuff?" And clearly, all the answer to that long. was yes. Yeah, clearly <laughs> that that lasted a while. But they're laying there <laughs> talking. And I love how they're, they're, or Willow's kind of postulating, like, I think Buffy and Spike may have had something going on, which revealed something to me. I thought Willow knew, but apparently she didn't. I think she thought something was going on. Like she had revealed that she, that she knew something was up, didn't know how deep it went. That's the thing. Right. And, you know, Tara gets to reveal to her that, hey, I, you know, she told me. They were, you know, having sex. That they were you know, in a relationship. That, sorry, you know that she didn't want you guys to get hurt. So that's why she said. And I love how she last her. She's like, well, the reason she didn't tell you is probably because of that look you have on your face right now. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that was great though because it, it is. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's the truth though, and it's it's hard to admit things that maybe you're ashamed of or you know people won't approve of or you think they want to even your closest compatriots and that's kind of what's going on here is willow buffy and, and in some ways xander too they've really you know been apart from each other for a good chunk of things yeah i mean they were so together back you know in the wedding uh era and now it's it's driven more wedges between them everything that's happened since hell's bells and and all that you know and, and you know not uh uncomplicated by the fact that buffy did try to kill them all <laughs> in, right, in her sure. or her fevered dream state did as i will choose to remember it but you know whatever she, you know, she tried to kill them all so there's a lot of complicated stuff going on here but but really the the differences are that 
Uh, Buffy can't tell Willow about Spike. She just does, and she doesn't want to tell Xander because now that he knows, she's seen how badly that goes, and they have this whole, you know, uh, awkward, you know, uh, meeting before, and it, it just, you know, it's there's a lot of strained relations there, and that's clearly put Buffy into a, a different headspace, and I think that's why it's interesting to watch her going after the trio mm-hmm. you know is because it's it's the reaction we see from buffy when she gets really hurt by something is she tends to go into like full you know thinking type slayer mode where she's just going to go and seek and destroy and that seems to be where she is well i think she's at the point where she wants to capture them and make them stop interfering with everything right because right. she knows that they were the reason she went and almost killed her friends and now she's ticked and so, yeah, I think that uh, all this basically ties back to them. And she's now at the point now where she's had enough. It's time to get them, to report them to the cops, and to get them out of her life for good. And that's, I think, where she's at with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole the whole point. And uh, what did you make of the fact that Dawn goes to see Spike at his crypt? Well, you know? Yeah, I think that she thinks she's doing something good for her sister, right? She's trying to be supportive of Buffy and what she had with Spike, and she wants Spike to know how much what he did hurt her feelings and you know how much she's sad about that because I think she actually liked having Spike around because, you know, Spike's a cool guy. She's a 15-year-old girl or whatever. Um, she probably liked having him around, and now she knows, based on t- her talk with Buffy and everything else, that he's probably not going to be there anymore, and she wanted to let him know how much that hurts not only Buffy but the rest of them as well. You know, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I have always chalked that up to the summer's women have something for really dark vampires, and so apparently that got passed on. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we, and we talked about that even earlier in the season, right? You know, that, that's still going on. But I think you, you've hit on some of it. Part of it is the, the teenage girl semi-crush she's got. But I also think she feels a bond with him because he did protect her quite a bit at the end of last season and, and was really there for her. And she's also, you know, as much as Dawn gets railed on for being this selfish brat, and she is one because she's a teenager, that's, you know, how they are. But she she really has learned that Buffy has needs and clearly has been trying to find herself, too. And she is attuned to that and wants to help. I think you've hit on it. Is that she's going there to try and mend a fence, even though it's not really hers to mend. She wants to do the right. She wants to try to help any way she can. Yeah, and I think she does look at Spike as a friend of the group, even if they don't like him as much as they want to admit um, but I think that that's the whole point is that she's uh, sad that here's another person in her life that's no longer going to be there. And so she wants to let him know how disappointed she is in him and Buffy is in him. So I think that's the whole crux of that situation there. She's, she's growing up, you know? Yeah, you hit on something really big there. You know, the, the, all the people that are now absent or have been exited from Dawn's life. Mm-hmm. You know, her mom, for all better purposes, her dad, um, Buffy for a while, uh, Riley, Giles, Giles everybody. Mm-hmm. Is, and Tara, you know, left for a while when she left Willow. So, I mean, it's like people have left her. You know, yeah. and lots of places. And that's been you know, part of what she's been railing against all you know season is, I, you know, I just want people to pay attention to me. I want them to be around. So that's led her to her, you know, kleptomania and all this other stuff that she's doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she definitely doesn't want to be left alone. So, 
Well, I guess we got to talk about the orbs of Nezcalon now, or however you say it. <laughs> so, you um, know, I'm not uh, offended by this concept at all. I think it actually is kind of interesting and neat the way that they do it. Some of the stuff is really ridiculous, but I think it's funny how he reacts when he gets these powers. So they send Jonathan into this place with a suit of basically a, a Nezbola <laughs> demon that they've they've gone ahead and cut up but uh he goes and gets the orbs and of course warren grabs them and he becomes a superpower with these things on right he gets basically invulnerability or super strength or whatever you want to call it and i thought that was okay but the, the part i really enjoyed was him going to the bar and finding a guy that used to pick on him in high school and he start hitting on his girlfriend and then using his new power to get back at that guy, basically. That was all, the whole plot was to get back at him. And he's just a little kid, right? He's coming, he's such an adolescent when it comes to that kind of behavior. And this is how it shows. Like he used, he's got this mega power. And what does he want to do first? He wants to get back at someone who treated him bad in high school. Exactly. It's like the, you know, the, the, I don't know if you remember or not the Incredibles, the Disney, you know, film, mm-hmm. the Pixar film. The, the ultimate nemesis there was the what? The guy that, you know, th- uh, couldn't be a part of the sidekick. So he created his own evil persona. Right. Yep. You know, I mean, it was just to get back at people. It's like you have all the power in the world and what is Warren going to do with it? Of course he's going to go. You know, get somebody that picked on him and try to hit on a girl because that's all he's about. He is every teenage boy's like uncontrolled fantasy. That's what right, the trio right. is. And, and they're totally immature and they're ridiculous and it is played for laughs. And I won't lie and say that I didn't, you know, find it amusing that oh, this is what we're going to do. Also was having brief flashbacks to Nuclear Man and Superman 4, Brian, that you and I reviewed <laughs> oh, early, earlier this year. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I was, I just waited for like, oh, great. So we hand him a pair of those, like, you know, you rotate them in your hand for balance kind of balls, what they look like. <laughs> Yeah. And that's all it that's all it takes. It's but you know what there's there's some weird I don't know, metaphor going on there that all of Warren's powers are in his magical balls. And once oh, Buffy busts some, <laughs> that's it. I mean really that's what happens. You know, yeah. she she breaks them and I'm not trying to be crude. That's exactly what happens. And I don't think that's by mistake. I mean, they, these guys are, these writers are not yeah. stupid. They know what they're doing. And I think it, you know, we've got to remember this show is about girl power. Okay. And these oh, guys are all about anti-girl power. They want to be the man power, or at least Warren does. Cause he's such a misogynistic, you know, woman murderer now. And he keeps trying to kill Buffy too. And, yeah. and all this stuff. So, it, it, I mean, that's the thing. Is I don't think Warren really wants this girl. He just wants to no, no, use no. her to make the dude feel bad. So yeah. it is all about this uncontrolled male fantasy thing. And that, that is heavy through this whole episode. I and mean, we'll get to the other incident in a minute. But that's what's going on here. Yeah, he had absolutely zero desire to be with the girl. Zero. He looked and around the bar, found the one guy that picked on him in high school, saw who he was with, and immediately went up there and and started his plan. So she had all she was there for was to upset the guy, right? He had no plan to get with her or any of that stuff. That was the whole point was to cause some pain. And of course, in the in the middle of this, you got Xander who's in there drowning his sorrows because he's had his, you know, talk with Buffy and feels really bad that she wouldn't want to tell him anything and or he's talked with Anya again and you know they're on a, on the fritz so he's drowning his sorrows with beer and uh he sees what's going on and of course he has no clue what what's up with Warren he goes up to confront him and get, gets his job basically almost busted uh, 
across and uh, luckily for him they have things to do as we'll find out later and they have to leave otherwise he probably wouldn't have made it <laughs> yeah i mean that that would end badly for him yeah and i got to say jay you mentioned a few episodes back about how you always looked at andrew as a uh, kind of playing for the other side, right? Being a little gay. Yeah, it kind of feels um, like Yeah, you know, after the last several episodes, I have to say you probably hit that dead on. <laughs> there, there was an episode where he was looking at a really hot chick and a guy, and she he made a comment about the guy and then covered himself by saying, yeah, she's pretty hot too. And now he's drinking a frou-frou drink in the bar. <laughs> And he, everything he does <laughs> like, leads me to now believe that you are correct in that statement. Well, he's either really suppressed or or he's the ashamed teenager boy that doesn't know how to deal with these feelings, so he just hides in yes. all of his humor and in androgyny, if you will. So that, that could mm-hmm. be – I don't want to psychoanalyze Andrew. I don't think anyone who put that character there's together There's no need did. to, at least no. not this year. No, there's not. And we'll get around to him again when we have to. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think I was right in that assumption. Yeah. And you know, whatever. That's that's the character of the show. This do whatever he wants. But yeah. the other thing and we we've got to get to it now, and, and I did make a kind of a joke about it in the plot summary. And I don't I'm gonna say this you know, from the get go. This is not funny. This is not a laughing matter, okay? But the ridiculousness of it make I have to chuckle at it. You know, to keep from just going into full fanboy rage when Spike confronts Buffy and the whole forcing himself upon her. You know, that I I have never liked this been comfortable with it i didn't think it was the right move i didn't think we needed something like this to make him run off to africa you know i i don't know i have never appreciated this moment at all on the show i don't think it was necessary and i still think it's in poor taste what do you think I th- agree with you. I never. I, what was the reasoning behind this? Just to finally get him to realize that Buffy doesn't like love him, or what? I mean, I don't understand why we needed to go down this path. Um, we didn't really need to get Xander more upset with him. We didn't need to get the gang more upset with him. We didn't really need to have this. The relationship was over. We could have had a different way of going about get reinforcing that fact to him. But to have him try to basically rape her on her bathroom floor, I think was a little too much. And I never really enjoyed that scene. I never really enjoyed the whole deal afterwards that's going to happen now that comes up for Spike. I just, to me, after you do something like that, why would you allow someone like that back in your life? I I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, there were other ways. If we needed to send him on mission quest and... Buffy's already said and come to the realization she doesn't love him and she can't love him, you know, and, and doesn't want to love him. She just used him. I was fine if they had to let that go then. And if, you know, he comes over to the house and tries to get in or whatever, like, let me just rewrite it again. I know I get in trouble for rewriting the show all the time, but let's say he tries to come over and he can't get in. And he and Buffy turns around and looks at him and says, yeah, that's because I blocked you out of the house once again. Yeah. I don't want you here. Like that to me. And then if she just shut the door on him, that would have been really effective and kind of sly because we didn't see him perform the spell. We didn't see him do that, but we know they can do it. So it would have been like if, if that had happened, if that had gone down, maybe she had Tara do it, something like that, then that would have, if that had driven him off to the desert to remove his chip and all that stuff, I'd have been fine with that. But this whole, yeah. you know, attempted rape thing is just really, really done poorly. And I didn't, I'd still don't like it. I hate it. And, and the mm-hmm. thing is, is we didn't need another reason for Spike to, 
prove that he's a monster. He is one. He wants to be evil. He just can't because of technology. But if he had his choice, he would be a bad guy. And I don't think that needed to be reinforced on anyone. It, it seems like they've, they've changed their mind now what they want to do with Spike. And I, this was a really ham-fisted way of getting that done. Yeah, I agree. I just, it just seemed unnecessary and unneeded. I don't think anything that really came out of that scene added to anything that was going to happen the rest of this season. I, it just didn't seem to make any sense. And I'm, I'm with you. I think they had many, many options at their disposal to reinforce this and have Spike go off on his little journey. There's no reason to do this, I don't think. And so, yeah, I'm with you. It wasn't needed. It was disturbing to watch, and it's never fun to revisit that moment. Nope. And now we got to talk about the showdown at the amusement park, though. For something much lighter, let's uh, switch over to that, where Super Warren and his you know, crew are basically, <laughs> Warren is going to rob an, an amusement park armored car. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> they bring in loads of cash. I'm about to say, man, you know, look, being out at an amusement park in Sunnydale would not be a, a profitable venture. There's a lot of death that could happen. And I'm not even talking about all the demons that would be hanging around. Yeah, I mean, no that, that could that could just end badly for everyone. But whatever, they're you know they I guess robbing a bank was too trite, so we had to go with this. But or maybe that's what these three nerds would have thought of. Like we're going to go to the park and rob it. But uh, you know, Warren is of course ripping off the thing. <laughs> Buffy does get the good you know lines on the things. Like is that your bank? Because if it's not, there's going to be a fee for that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And but I'm going to tell you when they went to fighting, I. I did feel like I was watching, and I think I messaged you about this. I felt like I was watching an episode of Smallville, you know. And on Smallville, it was all about like the creature of the week that showed up that happened to have the same strength as Superman somehow, mm-hmm. or Clark. And they would get into this huge fight, and for like you know, it was it was straight Hulk Hogan, you know, for about five minutes they would the hero would get pummeled, and then all of a sudden they would turn, you know, do the leg drop, and it was over. And right. that's sort of what happened here. Jonathan intervenes and jumps on Buffy's back and just like you know kill the orb. Kill the orbs, and so she she does, and that's the end of it. But what, this whole what you, thing, what do you think of Jonathan kind of giving it away? What, what well, do you, think his you know, that's was? been that's been happening because like it it looks like Warren, you know, Warren knows he can't do any of his stuff without these two guys, but he would he doesn't like him either one of them either, mm-hmm. and. It seemed to me the last few episodes that he's been trying to come up with some way to get either Andrew to take out Jonathan or Jonathan to take out himself. He's isolating him a little bit. And of all of them, and we've talked about it, Jonathan is the one that maybe has the the notion for good still somewhere in him. You know, that he's been on the side of good. He's also been on the side of evil a few times, but he's he knows Buffy and mm-hmm. I think he's also tired of the way Warren runs everything. And he mentions it in this episode. He's like, yeah, you know, well, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a shot with the orbs. Yeah, sure. Whatever. You, Cause Warren's never going to give up that power. You know, he knows Warren is bad news. And I yeah. think he decides, you know, I'm going to, you know, let the Slayer know what his secret is and maybe she'll take him out and we can be done with this mess. I, I don't think Jonathan wants to be a part of this anymore, but he just doesn't have the willpower or the strength to break himself free. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. Um, it's to me, it's just really interesting that uh, I think that he wants to have fun, right? And that some of this stuff seems like a fun way to use their skills and their magics and and their brains and whatever. But when he sees what he what Warren is intending to do, which is basically take care of the Slayer and kill her, then he realizes that he needs to intervene because a world without the Slayer is not a world that he probably wants to live in, right? 
Right. It's probably not a Sunnydale he wants to live in. So that's my thought of why he did it. I thought it was interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the, the battle itself was fun, a little fun to watch. And, you know, Warren's all cocky and arrogant. And, you know, he, he senses he's got the upper hand. Whether he does or not, who knows? But I like that Buffy lets him think that. He has the upper hand a lot of the time, and when she sees where the orbs are, grabs them and busts them. <laughs> I love the line. Uh, what, what what was the line? Something bitch. Uh, he was like, "Say good night, bitch," and then she yes. jumps up, kicks him, and says, "Good night, bitch." I love so, it. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it's you know, but here's the thing: like, in all that fighting, did you realize he had on a jetpack? Wow, no, no, he yeah. hid that really well. Not <laughs> only him, but so did Andrew. Yeah, I know. So John, another reason Jonathan is getting isolated here, he didn't have one. Of course, Andrew's oh. doesn't work. But, well, Andrew's know. works just fine. <laughs> Andrew's works just fine. He's just dumb and is underneath a nice <laughs> over overhead overhang on the building and crashes head first into it and knocks himself silly. That's what I mean. Is he, Andrew trying to be <laughs> Warren doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, and he's a- it, he screws up, and uh, you know, you, we mentioned before about what he thinks. I mean, he clearly idolizes Warren in a oh. very serious way. Not just idolizes. I think he has a thing for Warren. <laughs> it's and pretty I think well it's implied. Made pretty yeah. obvious in this. Yeah, one. it's implied that he certainly does and stuff. So, <laughs> that, I mean, but that's you know the little comical ending of this, and then Jonathan and him are are arrested and go to jail. And I literally do remember going, please tell me that's the end of these three idiots. <laughs> because I, and then I, I had to ask myself, I was like, wait a minute, there's three episodes left. What are they going to do? Sit around and mope yeah. some more. And I said, Hey, maybe, maybe they will, whatever. And I was like, well, maybe Tara's ghost will come back or so I, you know, I was like Tara's family. You remember those awful hillbillies from season <laughs> four or whatever that they, they'll come back for revenge. I don't know something Tara's mom. You know, I didn't know who the bad was going to be, what the ultimate bad was going to be here, but I was glad that at least, you know, two thirds of the trio was now in custody and had no means <laughs> to do anything about their own escape. So it right. was, it was fine with me. So, and, and, and then, you know, of course, you know, Spike at the city limits, things are going to change. Things are going to be different. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was like, well, maybe he's going to the angel show because he popped over there a few times. Maybe he'll go over there, but that was <laughs> right. a couple of years to go. So before that would happen. So. Then we get to the ending that we've we've really talked about a lot here. I do like how it starts though, with Buffy and Xander, and Xander's like, "Is it poking the yard season or whatever already?" Because Buffy's just sort of wandering around in the backyard with a stick. And yeah, you know, that's the thing is we've never really seen like I don't know we've we've never spent a lot of time in the backyard of the Summers house. It's always been sure. in the front yard, so that was a nice setting to do something different in and to have those two you know, really reconcile and, and to have Tara and Willow see that from upstairs. And it's like, you have this moment of relief, like ah, everything's going to be, you know, okay. And then Warren shows up and what do you make of his rant though, about, you know, his, his intentions for revenge and his defeat and the way he goes down. Well, it's typical, you know, whiny teen, right? He's basically upset because she foiled all of their plans. That, that was their big thing was to rob a bunch of banks and somehow escape with millions of dollars. I, I don't even, even to this day, I don't know exactly what they were really trying to do because if they rob banks and try to take over Sunnydale, won't people know that they robbed the banks? Anyway, besides the point, he's basically going on a rant about how she stopped his evil plan and he can't, he has no other course now other than to get revenge on her. And that's what he's there to do. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and then he starts popping off shots, and then what you, we've already talked about the ending. The one thing we didn't talk about was what Willow at the end, when she cries out and looks up, and she's got that 
those eyes, man, that are just mm-hmm. turning black and dark, the red with black. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's not going to go well. <laughs> and, yeah. It, she, magic has reemerged in her. <laughs> Indeed. That's not a good thing. So, and we'll have to see where that takes us next time. Brian, I think we're at the point of the episode where it's time to give Dustings ratings for it. So what is your Dustings rating for seeing red? Well, I'm sure you're not going to agree with me here, but I'm giving this three Dustings. I really enjoyed this episode. It's very pivotal. There's a couple things, obviously, that don't work. And, you know, we talked about those throughout this podcast. But for overall, um, very key moments and very important things happen w- between all of the, the characters and their relationships and how they move forward. And so I really enjoyed this episode and it leaves you on a massive cliffhanger. It's very sad to see Tara go. And with the potential of Buffy going as well, it's an interesting way to kind of cl- close it out here as we get to the end of the season. So three dustings for me. The last two minutes of this episode are four dustings, no doubt. It's fantastic. The preceding 40, no, I cannot abide that. It's not awful. It's not one dusting's terrible. But it's not a story I'm down for, and it's not places I wanted any of these people to go or what them to be doing. And and it's just not something I, I can enjoy, even on rewatch, knowing where it goes and what it leads to and all the repercussions, all that stuff. It's just not, it just wasn't fun to go back to. And I can't give it more than a two. I, I'm going to give this episode a two dustings based mostly on the way that it ends and the fact that it does end on a real strong Buffy way. Like this is what the better Buffy episodes would do when they were really ramping up to the end is the, to shock you in some way. And I think this one excels at that, but in every other way, it just delivers something that is just mediocre to me. And I, I just want more. So I'm, I'm going to give it two dustings and hope for better things down the pipeline of these last few episodes. So Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can find links to our Twitter feed, our Facebook page. Drop us a line. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think and, you know, were you still on board with it? You know, how did the Terra death affect you? All that stuff. We love um, interacting with all of you. And thank you for your support. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Tay. Thanks for listening to The Art of Slaying. the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 